You are now listening to The Jason D'Amico Show. Greetings, folks. Welcome back to The Jason D'Amico Show. It's great to be back. A little bit of a hectic day today. Glad to be kind of airing out here and, and uh, get into our guests' incredible uh, lineup of talents. Uh, per usual, I want to thank iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Simplecast, uh, especially Simplecast for their distribution to all those great platforms. Thank you so much. Uh, and to the viewers and the listeners, YouTube as well, since it is syndicated on YouTube visually. Now, our guest today, as always, is a special guest on the show. Every guest is a special guest on the show. He is an entrepreneur, producer, engineer, and musician who resides in Hollywood, California. Owner of the Alter Studios in Los Angeles, he's worked with artists across the country in many different facets, recording and producing for hip-hop, R&B, in-house on the daily. Notable artists include Cheo Nash, Lil Chucky, Ice Narco, Ice Cold Bishop. He released a full-length classical guitar album in 2020 titled My Love, which was self-produced. In 2018, he constructed his studio, The Altar, and has since turned into a flourishing, and it has turned into a flourishing recording studio since. His journey started at age 12 when he fell in love with music. Instrument of choice is the guitar, originally from Albuquerque, and uh, graduated from the Musicians Institute with a BA in guitar performance. Toured the world as the lead guitarist for the house band Samurai Fish, for the Vampire Diaries, and Once Upon a Time Star Trek fan conventions. He's also spent time teaching guitar, working on post-production, scoring for films. Please welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, my new good friend from TikTok, Mr. Stuart Tuttle. Thank you. I appreciate that. A lot going on there, man. I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's been it's been quite the journey um i've been in uh los angeles 11 years now so since then it's just been you know even before that but like but since being in los angeles like obviously like the floodgates open to the industry you know like right right so uh what what brought you out there was it just for opportunities how did you get it out there? school it was it was definitely school um i had always since i since i got into music i you know i guess let me back up my mom's a teacher so educator so i kind of like i never felt pressured to go to college but i kind of like it was kind of like oh that's what you do you go to college you get a you know degree in something and you do it and i was like well fuck i'm gonna do it in music you know right. like um so so my the school of choice that I figured out I wanted to go to from early on because it had so many accolades was Musicians Institute, you know, like they yeah. had ads in guitar magazines and stuff like that. And I was like, that's where I want to go, you know, like great people went there and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So um, it was always I wanted to go there. So after I um, graduated high school, did a little bit of community college in Albuquerque, I moved to uh, L.A. to start awesome. school. Yeah. Well, let's take a step back to kind of your beginning stages. It says that you started playing around 12 yeah. and fell in love with music. I was curious to hear a little bit about that time period in your life. And yes, is for sure. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was an incredible time. That was like the discovery of, um, I guess on a more personal level, like I had heard some music before, but to where like all of like me and my friends, we all started like diving headfirst into like, and at the time it was metal, you know, like that was what everyone, right. we 
all wanted to listen to, you know, like hearing Metallica for the first time, shit like that, you know, hearing Pantera for the first time, all that. And you're like, you see these guys. And, and the first show that I went to was damage plan, uh, 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 the Pantera offshoot band and mm-hmm. um, seeing Dimebag at, at 12 um, the year that he died that show was the most incredible show I've ever been oh to oh my god it was like that day that I was like that's all I want to do I want to play music I want to be I want to be a part of that I want to be up on stages you know I want to do that thing so that kind of um, sparked um, sparked that interest in me to like alright let's figure out how I got to do this and like what I want to do I gotta ask real quick, favorite records uh, for Pantera and Metallica. Just uh, my favorite Metallica record is "And Justice for All" for sure, hundred yeah. percent. Um, Pantera, man, like that's hard. <laughs> um, I would probably say "Cowboys from Hell" is probably my. You favorite. know, man, I, I would, would say the exact. Them. I would say the exact same thing. <laughs> yep. I mean, I I love. I love the heaviness and the attitude of the later albums though, for sure. And they definitely have a different vibe to them. But like, I think for me, it's at least Phil's versatility vocally, like what he does on that first album with him yeah. screaming shit. Like, Oh, like, Oh my God, that's crazy. Like, well, that's- not only that, but I feel like the solos too. Yeah. You know, and then they, they, they really started going more kind of like, I don't know if it's, it's not grindcore, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's just a little yeah. bit more, more riff based, a little less solo based. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, but I love, I love all the, all the Pantera stuff for sure. Like it's, it's, it's all good. Same thing with Metallica. Like I'm a huge Metallica fan. They're my favorite band to see live. I've seen them four times. Um, and I love all their albums. I know I get a lot of shit for that, for like everything after, you know, like Injustice, but like, I, I see them as an art- artistic band. Like, oh, yeah. to, me, to me, they, they like expand beyond what metal is. And like, they're just trying to make music, you know? And like, they got shit for that because they didn't sound like their first four albums or first three albums or whatever and stuff like that. But they've always had an evolution to them and, and them as, as also a business entity, like, mm-hmm. it's crazy what they've been able to do they own all their own masters they have their own record label like they tour whenever they want and they sell out shows everywhere and like it's 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 pretty crazy and they put on an amazing show like live like the energy that they bring like as a unit is incredible so they had their own label from the beginning no no they um they started blackened records i want to say five or six years ago and then that's okay. why, I, if you remember, they'd like been re, 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 remastering all their albums. Those were all re-released on the new label. Gotcha. That's kind of why that happened. Gotcha. Because I, I know Blackened has been around. Yeah. But I didn't know exactly. It may uh, be longer than that, bro. My, my sense of time, maybe like eight years. Maybe it was closer to when they released Death Magnetic. You think Magnetic. it was Death Magnetic? It may when be. When they did it? It could have been that long. I yeah, I'd have to check on that. Yeah. It was definitely it was either death magnetic or post death magnetic for sure. It was nothing before that. I know that. Right. I wonder who they were with before. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. They're on offshoot of Epic, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know actually. Interesting. Well, to me, they're genius they've been incredibly influential for me personally for sure. uh especially with the bob rock 
you know, era when that when that happened. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah, he definitely took them to a different level. Like, I mean, sonically, like, just take away, like, what, what the riffs sound like or whatever, like, or, like, what type of riffs they're playing and what type of songs they're creating. But sonically, the Black Album sounds fucking crazy. Like, that yeah. sounds like it. Like, like if a metal, if if, a, if an ACDC record were like, it, it sounds as big as an ACDC record. Like if, if Metallica like had the production style, like you listen to fucking like heaven or uh, sorry, highway to hell or like the black uh, back in black. Like those albums are huge. Like the production on them is crazy. And so, yeah, Bob rock elevated the production of the black album till it, it's crazy. It's insane. It, the amazing <laughs> thing for me as well, cause I, that was a template for me really when, self-educating and just trying mm. to get mixes as as right as great as possible that was always a temple for me because it never it didn't lack anything in yeah. my opinion Mm-mm. and the weird thing is going back to it now after being in that frenzy of like i have to figure out how to i have to like reverse engineer this and figure out how to help yeah. to make drums sound like this and make low end sound like this and blah 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 yeah I go back and I'm like, man, there's so many things about this record that aren't even, they don't even make sense. Like when you, when you look back on it, it's like, God, the drums are so loud. The, the guitars are lower in the, you know, it's like all these yeah. things that you listen to in Mott, but it just smacks, you know what exactly. I mean? It yeah. just smacks. And it's like every time I, when, it, when all else fails, I go back to that as a reference and it, it's even multi-genre just to get a balance. For sure. That's a balance. And you know, like it, it's so girthy. Yeah. And I think it's because of Bob rocks. Yeah. Maybe lack of compression in certain instances and then smashing things in certain, it's just yeah, brilliant. It's just freaking brilliant. Yeah, because it has an excitement to it in certain elements, and then some elements are tamed down or whatever. But like, yeah, I remember uh, like you know, you know, first starting out as like you know, recording myself and like doing mixes and stuff, and I always put guitars super, super loud. Like, right, guitars is going to be like, because that's my main instrument, I think. But like, I always want to hear the guitars loud. But like you're saying, when you deconstruct the mix of the Black Album. Guitars aren't that loud. It's the no. drums that are just, they're just huge. And yeah. that makes that sound, um, you know, that, that it almost makes the, it almost makes you perceive the guitars louder than they are. Like it's weird, but they're well, not. It, it, you know, and it always, so me being a drummer first, I okay. was always uh, fascinated with the Van Halen records and mm-hmm. police and Metallica okay. because it always sounded to me like, and Pantera too. It always sounded to me like I was behind the kit, you know, in a, in a way. And it was kind of the drummer's perspective. Not, I don't think the black album was like that, but I know, uh, uh, Vinny and Stuart Copeland, they were doing drummer's perspective and it just sounded like you were, you were behind the kit. It's this weird perspective, but it always made more sense to me than the other way around. Gotcha. And I, man, just oh god those records (laughs) amazing amazing and yeah the the, actually the first the the early van halen records are um those are like mono like they're like everything's panned to one side and yeah and very guitar light because when you really think about it it's again a lot of drum information yeah 
lot of drum and vocal information and uh you know, the, the, the lead, again, it's another great example. Van Halen, it's like the guitar solos are almost fighting with the cymbals. Yeah. <laughs> but, it just the, but it's the sound. It works. It works. I don't know. I don't know either, man. <laughs> uh, let, we'll, we'll come back to all this because we got to have a good segment on engineering and just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into For it. Sure. I want to get into your creative process real quick as far as how you got into um, – uh, classical guitar and okay. songwriting and just, you know, how, how you go and we can hit multiple so, angles of it, but wherever you want to start first. Yeah. So definitely classical guitar was kind of that that's, so I guess I started classical guitar because the high school that I went to had a classical guitar class. So I'm like, well, obviously I'm right. going to be in guitar class. Like, and so they're teaching classical guitar. So I'm going to learn classical guitar. Um, and then at the same time, I found a private teacher who was teaching like his main, his main um, uh, style of guitar was classical guitar too. So I would, I studied with him outside of school and then I do classical guitar in school. Um, and, and I think there's also like a little bit of, um, at least like in, in Albuquerque as a city, like there's kind of a, a decent classical influence, like or scene would you, I guess you would say like, because of uh, the university, um, mm -hmm. the university of New Mexico has a pretty like renowned classical guitar program, stuff like that. So that's when I started uh, studying classical guitar. I wouldn't say heavily. And I wouldn't even say like, I was heavily like really studying music back then. Like I, I learned how to like, once I started, once I got to LA and started studying music, then I was like, all right, like this is like, I, I progressed, you know, and then I was like, damn, like, all right, now I'm like doing like literally a six, you know, to 10 hours a day, like practicing guitar, shit like that. Like, right. Um, growing up, I always, again, I've always been involved in a lot of different things. You know, I was, I was a pretty active athlete. So I do a lot of, you know, uh, do a lot of sports stuff and I actually did pretty decent in school. So like I did spend time with, you know, it's like always split, you know, I wasn't right. always just like growing up was always hard. Cause I kind of always wanted just to do just music, you know? Um, but I was never able to, cause I did like other things. Um, but, um, so I played classical guitar in high school. Um, and then obviously chose not to go the route of a classical conservatory or something like that. I chose to go to doing contemporary. So I got to MI, there was a few, there was actually, there was one teacher there that was a classical like player too. So I kind of started doing like some private lessons with him and just kind of kept my chops up. Um, I always wanted to do a classical guitar album or something. And I just like, you know, it was in the back of my head, um, so through some frustrations with being in original bands and not ever having a finished product out because of whatever reason it was, you know, right. like, you know, right. things just never went the way that I wanted them to. So I was like, fuck it. 2018 coming. I am going to, I'm going to do an album and I'm going to do everything as far as like that. I've always wanted to do with a band, like as far as like do merch, do an album release party, um, actually release CD. So I release it on a physical media as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and do everything that it takes and do the production and, and everything. And so I, I spent about, I think I started it in mid to 2016 and then it took me till the end of 2018 to finish that album that record so that a lot of it involved just like heavy practice like that's when i was playing classical guitar like six hours a day stuff like yeah. that. yeah like, 
Yeah. It's like really, really diving into uh, songs and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go with it. And, um, and that's how that kind of took off. And, um, and yeah, that was, you know, that in 2018. So it was me doing the classical guitar album and building the studio at the same time. So like it was, that was, a, that was a lot too, as well. I bet. I bet. And I was going to bring up, um, entrepreneurship and wearing multiple hats. Yeah. Uh, I, I get it. You know, uh, I'm on, I'm on the same, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I feel like you have to nowadays, like honestly, unless you're some sort of prodigy in one area or another to where you're going to be able to build a team around you. That's going to be able to do like things like I've tried to have people help me, but like, I want things a certain way. And like, I just end up doing a lot of things myself. Yeah. It's, uh, where, where, where I'm finding a lot of a threshold that I'm, I'm meeting and it's it, it's i'm at basically full capacity yeah i i have to, i have to start outsourcing and a lot of that is happening this year where it's just it's just a lot and um there's really i i get it because if you go down the road of trying to have somebody else do it you're just going to waste more time unless they can do it better than you yeah. and if that's the case it's usually going to cost a pretty penny. Exactly. Or, I was going to say it's a financial thing. Yeah. Or it's going to be uh, a headache down the road. Yeah, unless there's a win-win and there's a collaboration aspect, which I find in, in this day and age to be one of the best resources. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, being able to put it, it kind of like a Venn diagram right in the middle and hit all those sweet mm -hmm. spots at once. It, it's, it takes it's some tricky. takes some strategy, for sure. Yeah, strategy and organization, man. Like I'm like, it. That's that's the trickiest part about it is I, I I like I feel like I'm pretty organized, but still in my head I'm not as organized as I want to be. And I know if I can get to a a really high level of organization, then I can start knocking more things out at once. Right. You know. You know right. Like that. But it's still tricky. It's tricky and it's exhausting, you know? Well, yeah. And then you have to also, you don't want to constrain yourself too much because that's where the magic is artistically. Yeah. Bro, yes. Yes, exactly. Keeping Tell that you, spontaneity as a, as a creator, like being an entrepreneur, which is, it's creative to degrees for sure. Like there's definitely creativity involved in it. But I think being an entrepreneur, there's more discipline involved in that aspect of it. Whereas a creative and as artistic people, like we want to be spontaneous. And when that shit strikes, we want to be able to capitalize on, we want to be able to, yeah. like, right, I was going this way, but I'm going this way now because it, I'm, I'm here. Right. Um, so that like those sides of the brain fight a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, let's talk a little bit about multiple hat wearing. Maybe there's some advice you'd like to share with the viewers as far as things that you've ha perhaps benefited from, from a self-development point of view, tricks along the way. Uh, everybody's different. Everybody's got a real – I think self-awareness is a great place to start. For sure, but, yeah. but you know, any, anything that you that, – that, that comes to mind. I, yeah, I think self-awareness is, is definitely key and, and, and knowing your strengths and weaknesses, like that's all, all, all within self-awareness for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, 
but like you know you got to know what you want in life i feel like it's it's interesting because i accomplished everything that i set out to do the the trick with that is I made it vague in the beginning what I wanted to do. Like when I was a kid, I was like, literally my dream was like, all right, I just want to be able to like do music, like, yeah. like vaguely music. You know, right. I loved guitar, but I was like, I don't care if whatever involved in music, as long as I'm able to make a living out of it. And I find myself just doing music. Like there's a yeah. lot of different things, That's you know, cool, so, versus if I would have been, you know, like, I'm, I'm curious, like if, if I was a kid and I would have said like, you know, like I just want to be a guitar player. I want to be a guitar player and tour the world. And that's all I want to do. Like I probably would have been able to do that if that was my mindset from the beginning, you know, right. that right. kind of focuses you on where you need to be. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. Um, it's tricky, at least for me and what I'm doing, like, I feel like I have to have a level of discipline. I have to have a, a really, a really strong level of d discipline, even as a creative too. like, all right, like, you know, because this is a job, this is how I make my living. So like, I don't necessarily get to choose when or when I, I'm going to be creative, you know, like, all right, I have a session and like this artist wants to like work on a, start a new record. So I have to on the spot, like be creative, whether I feel like it or not, you know, yeah, obviously, um, you know, like a vibe in a room, like that helps. So like, if you already know you're <laughs> going into a good vibe, like, you know, it's going to be yeah. a lot easier to be creative in that sense, but you know, it's not always like that, you know, sometimes you're just like, you know, <laughs> put on a show, you know? Um, yeah. whether you're feeling or not. And it's the same way as a performer on stage, you know, you're not always feeling like you want to be on stage, you know, like sometimes you have off days, but like you have to, you have to like, as a professional, you have to figure out a way to put yourself in that other space of like, you know, this is what I need to be doing. Like literally leave all your bullshit at the door whenever yeah. you're doing it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think it's the same in any profession where, yeah. you know, you have to perform deliver yeah you know like sales or anything else yeah for sure it, it, it you know it, the skills that i do in this could be crossed over into so much stuff for sure right right um, but yeah yeah i think discipline is discipline is key and like i've gone through stages of being more disciplined and less disciplined like i remember sometimes in school i would literally have a spreadsheet of like my day planned out with like fucking like 30 40 items of things like my like minutes planned out and stuff like that and i would yeah. go through times like that and like then i've gone through times like where i just go and i don't even put things in my calendar and like it's just you know i it just i need depends. To <laughs> yeah yeah, there's a flexibility there. I think if 2020 taught us anything, it's, you know, you got to be flexible. For sure. Yeah. And I got I got lucky in that too, for sure, because like 2020 hit, COVID hit, right? And all of a sudden, all my friends lost all their gigs. Um, ironically, all my life playing gigs ended before COVID actually hit. Like I had a, I had a cover band that I was doing and that ended because the lead singer slash, you know, uh, actually he's just lead singer, the front man of the band, he had a kid and he wanted some more time with his kid, things like that, like life stuff for him. And then my band that I was touring with for the past five years doing the convention circuit, they had told us that we weren't going to be doing any conventions that year. And that was right. all pre COVID. So those were like two of my main performing gigs where I'd make, you know, uh, 
make make my living doing those and then the studio so i was like i lost those before that so i was like all right that's cool like i've the studio was already starting to pop off so i was like i'm obviously just gonna you know keep pushing this um but then COVID hit and like i see all my friends around me lose all their work all their tours everything is just gone i'm like oh my god this is crazy like so yeah like you know you know drummers specifically i remember a lot of drummers like all right now we're like now we're gonna create home studios and like start doing session work out of our homes and things like that like that got really popular and session musicians in general like all right we need to learn how to record now that's it (laughs) yeah that's it so that flexibility and like you know and that's the industry though you have to this industry you have to be flexible where things go because it's so unpredictable and like you got to be ready um one that was Upon leaving to uh, L.A., I, I had a guitar tech back in Albuquerque, and that was, he had, um, I'm forgetting the guitar player's name, but he was uh, um, uh, Chris Isaac's guitar player's, like, guitar tech for, like, on the road for many years. Mm-hmm. Really, really amazing guitar tech. Like, one of those guys you go in and, like, he talked to you for an hour about, like, the guitar like just like nerdy ass shit like (laughs) like, wow like i learned a lot from him and i remember like the one thing that he told me upon moving to la was like be ready and like that had always stuck with me since then and like you know it's it's so true like you got to be ready when situations happen because if you're not like that moment could pass you by and like you never know what that could have been right right um, I don't think I, I don't necessarily believe in once in a lifetime opportunities. I, I imagine it does happen to some people, but I, I, I definitely see it as you get lots of opportunities thrown your way in life. And like, you got to make them. Yeah. You got to make them that that's at least where I'm at, where I'm that I'm, I'm big into that placement right now mentally. For sure. Uh, Cause you can, again, that, that reference point in 2020 and that reflective period that can get really wishy-washy with, you know, the, the brain starts turning. Well, what if we can't play live ever again, the way that we thought we could, you know, you take things for granted and then you think of, man, I would have pushed harder in this area or that area. Or that. But I, I agree with you. I think it's, the the positive healthy perspective to take is that every day is a new day yeah yeah you have to it's it's so crazy and the and the internet has compounded it too like oh yeah because before it was just real life and now we have real life and our social media life which is in a lot of respects it's like an it's another type of life it's weird it's very strange yeah very strange you know and then and then they merge too but like the amount of connections i've made through social media have been incredible like it's been it's it's definitely i i i've battled with it a lot i was off social media for three years because i was like this is just it was it was messing with my head you know rough man psychologically like what this is doing to me um i don't know how old you are but like i'm 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 31 right now so like i definitely remember the age before all this like you know Mm -hmm. like jumping into it and seeing the evolution and just like you know i'm a i'm a person that thinks about like you know i i love psychology and sociology and like me too man me too and so yep. like that kind of messed with my head for a while. And I was like, I, I can't be a part of this. And then like, I had, I really had to come to grips with, all right. I think actually it was, 
I was hearing Gary Vee talk about social media and him and his perspective on social media definitely changed how I felt about Gary, Gary V's changed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, Gary yeah, yeah. V's uh, like a tank, man. I mean, yeah. I, you know, some days you want to slap him. Most yeah. days though, it's <laughs> right. He's right. The bastard's yeah. right. I mean, it's yeah. So his thoughts on social media and like just his approach to it is like, all right. Yeah. I see that. It makes sense. There is, there's so much positivity into it. And so, diving deep into social media that way like i've i've seen the benefits of that and seeing the connections and the people that i've met through that over time now in retrospect i'm like it's been pretty positive for the most part you know i still struggle with certain things you know but like for the most part like it's awesome like i know you because of uh, an app like that's weird yeah yeah well and and i think that's a great way to look at it is it's it's yeah. a neutral playing ground and how yeah. you choose to play on it is up to exactly. you and of course there's a lot of bad apples and trolls out there and you know thank god for delete and block that's yeah, one sure. thing that i've had to <laughs> really get used to um yeah you go viral a couple of times man and it's just like wow this i have I haven't. I, the closest I've been to doing something viral was I did a. I did a re. Like I. I did it on Twitter. I. I. Uh, I. Uh, I commented on a tweet and it went. <laughs> and it went like my my comment got like eighty thousand views on it. I'm like, and then people are just like bashing me and stuff. I'm like, that's viral, man. Wild. That in my I'm books like, is viral. <laughs> I mean, it's not like crazy viral, but it's a know? taste of what it is. Like, but it's they, enough to get that like. Man, this is just this is just nuts. Yeah, and obviously that's the that's the environment of Twitter in general too. So oh, it's like, yeah, that's a whole different like ball game versus any of the other platforms. Yeah, I, Twitter has never been my thing. I've honestly, even when I had uh, right now, we're self managing with between the business and the studio and, okay. and me as an artist. But even when I had my management for about three or four years, mm. we put that thing on autopilot. That thing yeah. was just constantly blurring out or blurping out anything that we put on Facebook gotcha. or, or Instagram, whatever. Yeah, like whatever we had, it was interconnected. Uh, Twitter to me just never made sense as an artist because there's no gallery. You only have a certain amount of characters. A lot of it's just talk. Yeah. You know, and to me, YouTube, Instagram – now TikTok's a whole other animal, um, sure. which is where you know we met, and that that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it really is. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't use it that heavily. Like, I have a friend that's like he has a decent following on there, so he'll retweet me a lot. Like, mm. um, an artist that I've met through there, and um, he, but you know, some some artists are reaping the benefits of it, and I think I think um. I think more so in the hip hop community, that's kind of where Twitter is a little bit more big as far as art right. artists. Right. So that's kind of more like a ground for that genre of music. But yeah, it's still, I don't really know what to do with it. I'm not consistent on it. Let's put it that way. Um, and, you know, I am slightly a little afraid of it now. I'm like, all right, I got to really watch what I post because I'm not <laughs> like, I wasn't, I'm not trying to go viral on there for like that type of thing. Like, you know, right. like, and then I do like my tweets and like, Oh, like three people will like it, like whatever. Like, but, um, but I, I, I definitely fell in love with TikTok. like that. TikTok had been, has been pretty, pretty it incredible. Natural I wrote, for you I wrote to, 
what I'm yeah. yeah, it's I love the content, man. It's great. I appreciate it. I, I, I wrote it off for a while because I was like, this is just all about like kids dancing and shit and like yeah. And I had a, my roommate, he just kept telling me, he's like, no, there's like instructional stuff on there. And I still never, it's weird because you really just have to like work the for you page for a while before you start seeing what it actually is. Right. Like maybe spend like five hours on that. And then once it, the algorithm like knows what your interests are, then it's done. You're done. Yeah. That's it. Yep. It's, uh, (laughs) there seems to be a community really flourishing right now in the music production world engineering yeah a lot of great players and it's 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 a paradox man because it feels like it's more focused but it's not yeah right i don't know how to explain it it's focused because you got to really get your point across in less than 60 seconds i mean preferably 15 to 20 yep but at the same time, it forces you to dilute down the ultimate message. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's a cognitive brain teaser. You know, it's a it's lot of creative energy just putting into a 15 second video it takes at least 50, at least on mine, it takes at least 15 minutes, 30 minutes to edit and, and make sure I've got all my ducks in a row before I send it out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. uh it's 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 definitely tricky. That was the one thing I was like when I started shooting them, I'm like I just kept, like my brain would kind of freeze up. I'm like, I gotta say what I wanna say in sixty seconds. That's crazy. Like what? I got a right, lot to right. say about this, you know? And then like, all right, let's figure out like how to start doing like cuts and shit like that to where like obviously you don't need like when you actually like break down how you're speaking, you don't need to say everything that you're, you know, saying, you know things like that and just you know and and grabbing people's attention too and and then just putting out useful information that people want to know about you know you got Um, about two seconds i think (laughs) i I mean real god honest truth you got about two seconds to grab somebody's attention if you're lucky usually it's it's probably one or 1.5 yeah, no, I know from personal experience as far as just scrolling, like when I was heavily scrolling, it's like, yeah, like two, three seconds, that's it. Like, all right, yeah. next, 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 next. But yeah, so. Um, let's talk about the studio and then we'll get into some gear and whatnot. For sure. So you start, when did you build it? Uh, to, uh 2018. But I mean, I had already, I built the current studio I'm at. So that was that, what that entailed was basically, I didn't build like the walls and stuff, but basically I renovated it. Right. Um, I did knock out the wall to put the, to the glass and mm-hmm. so I could go into the other room, things like that. But it was about five months of labor, like working like all the time on this shit, like painting and doing flooring and building cables and, you know, yep. like, building uh sound treatment and ceilings and lighting and like literally everything other than the structure right right Uh, but i had been i've always had a studio let's put it that way like at first it was a home studio i kind of started where like how i started engineering was just engineering for friends or like producing for friends like you know like in my bedroom we just mess around on records and then and then i think it was 24 
2015 is when I got my first actual client. So I started working with a band that I started helping them produce their EP. And I worked on that EP with them for actually like two years. Wow. And during that process was when I learned how to like mic drums. And like, I remember we recorded drums for some of the tracks like three different times because I didn't get them right. Like things like that. Like a lot of falling on my face because I didn't go to school for audio engineering. Like I kind of knew how to run Pro Tools, but like I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, you went for guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was a lot of like self-learning and stuff like that. Um, and then that was, I had a, you know, it was a one room studio. It was like a 13 by 14 foot room. So it was a pretty big room with 12 foot ceilings. I had that studio from 2014 or 2015 to 2018. And that's when this one this studio became available and that studio is like actually in the same. So I'm, where I'm at is like what they call lockout. So there's a bunch of like rooms and yeah, like yeah, yeah, bands playing. Most of them are band rooms. Like there's tons of bands up here. Um, so I got offered another room that had two. I always wanted two rooms and I kind of manifested that. And he's like, yo, I got this thing that has two, you know, cause I wanted like, you know, I want to be in here and well, they can be in there. Yeah. Um, and so it was offered to me and I took it and I just, you're, people are going to think I'm crazy, but like, I literally was like, I had all these visions for it. I'm like, I'll knock this out in a weekend. Like <laughs> this shit took me, it, it, I worked, I worked on it. Like I think a solid three months of like, to get it to where I needed it to be of like construction. And then I've done like small, like little upgrades since then. Like, you know, I'll take a weekend off to a ceiling or things like that. But I think in total, I spent probably like five months on it in 2018 and wow. through 2018 and 2019, like constructing it. Um, and yeah. then 2019, yeah, 2019, summer of 2019 was kind of when I fell in the hip hop community. And then that's where my life switched. Like it, flipped and ag was just working with all hip-hop artists from then on pretty much you know like 90 wow. percent of the artists i work with wow and, and monthly basis weekly basis mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yearly basis i have artists that like i worked with like you know I, I there's a lot of artists that i'll work with that fly in from out of state wow yeah very so cool that, that's actually pretty free it, it's got to be through word of mouth i would think that's a whole nother crazy story. Um, <laughs> yeah, I basically met a guy. I literally met a guy. Um, he goes by the name Little Khaled. Um, and if you know anything about regular Khaled, he's pretty much like him. Um, and his eccentric, ex, 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 I can't even say. <laughs> and how eccentric he is, right? Like, yeah. And just like how much of a character he is and how like how he connects people. Right. So so I met this guy. He's a matchmaker. He's a matchmaker, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I met this kid, little Khaled. He's younger than me, as I call him a kid, but <laughs> I literally met him outside of my studio and blew him off the first time I met him because he's just like saying like just like talking like Hollywood, like LA stuff, like I know all these people, blah blah blah. Right. Yeah, everyone right. knows everybody, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, but he was persistent. And the second time I met him, he, I, I, you know, I invited him in my studio. And since that day, my life changed forever. Like, wow. like it was probably the next month and a half that he probably brought literally like 200 different people through my studio within a month and a half. Um, 
and he had like he was calling me every morning at 6 a.m like what are you doing mr stewart where when are you are you at the studio i'm at the studio blah 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 and he would show up every day at my studio like with different people that he had basically worked through social media that he either met on twitter he was apparently he was hustling twitter for like a couple years and he would like he's notorious for dming people for months until they'll get back to him like on mass scale like like thousands of people thousands of people like artists and like anybody right. artists models producers engineers uh anrs uh, uh so lawyers, like what uh I, I don't even know why I'm asking this question, but what is his end goal? Is he just looking to He doesn't know. He's okay. he's he's a loose he's a loose cannon. Like he's just he's just going. Like literally Interesting. But he's 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 the person who like he's the most persistent person I've ever met in my entire life. Sounds to me like a manager in the making. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he that, could, that's but... what it sounds like to me is a is a promoter or a manager, you know, high caliber in the making. I mean, that that that's a whole other personality type. It is. It really is. Like he he, he I mean, like you could make a movie about this person for sure. Like interesting. Like, like we'll be in the room. Like there'd be like you know, say we were in this room, which happened many of times. Like we we're just chilling in this room, and um, you know we're just talking and he'll pop in and he'll be on his phone and he'll literally start FaceTiming every single contact in his phone book, right? FaceTiming. And in, the first person that picks up, he's going to take his phone and he's going to put it in front of everybody in the room's face and have you meet them, force you to meet them like unsolicited between any parties. Like he's just, it's like you know like literally forcing people to like me and stuff and like it's crazy and he's dude doing- i gotta have this guy i'm i gotta have this guy on the show this guy sounds like a, a, a completely different like from another planet yeah no he is i, I like i was like uh, within a couple weeks of meeting him and like hanging out with him every day now i'm like bro like are you jesus christ are you saying like what like <laughs> it was that it was that type of energy it was it was incredible energy um wow um but wow. yeah so so where's that, he from he's from here he's from riverside so he would literally travel two hours to come to my studio every day for like six months wow Crazy. so so that the, the 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 day that i brought him in my studio was the day that i met Cheo nash okay um and the Cheo nash is um he's t-pain's like main artist on his uh record label nappy boy mm-hmm. um, so that day that I met Cheo, I brought Cheo in here and him and I, that was the first, he's like, bro, I want to book a session with you. He saw the guitars. Like, you know, he's a rapper obviously, but he, you know, comes from a like musical background playing guitar. And yeah. Stuff Cause like I, I saw a couple of his pieces and he's playing, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's awesome to see that. For sure. And so he fell in love with my studio instantly. He's like, yo, this is awesome. I'm like, yeah. let's work. And so that first day we worked and, um, that day he he threw he he posted my studio on his story and t Payne reposted it and johnny shipes from cinematic reposted it and like wow. cool I, I didn't even realize how i mean obviously i knew who t Payne was but like the like the cinematic thing i didn't realize like that was like rare of like that type of thing to happen even for him like um but that that kind of started our relationship as working like as me like helping him producer engineer um and and so like you know we've worked on 
yeah, a ton of records since then. He's been the main artist that I've worked with a lot, like, you know, on, on, a, on a bigger level. Um, and right now they're working on a couple of records, mixing a couple of records that I helped produce for him that hopefully are going to be dropping pretty soon. Very cool. So very so cool, me, man. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> what a, what a crazy story. Yeah. It's wild to look back on it. Cause it's like, it was literally changed my life, bro. Like I, 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 and I'll tell, like, I'll, I'll never not say that that kid changed my life. Like him and I aren't as close now, but just because of COVID things happen, like the world changed a lot. Right. Like, yeah. um, so like I stopped having like meetings of like, <laughs> Oh, it was just like, okay. So he was, he's a, he's also like a, a compulsive white liar. Like he'll lie. He won't tell you the truth about things. So he'll be like, yo, I got this. I got, this person showing up at your studio at 10 a.m. and he's uh he owns a studio whatever like it doesn't and and so i show up and and there's that person but there's another person with him right and then we start having a meeting and then my door rings and then there's another person and by and within like the next 45 minutes now there's 15 people in my studio like that shit happened all the time and he wouldn't tell anybody that anybody was like, you know, like he would tell one person that another person was going to be there, but like no one knew why the fuck are we all sitting in this room together? Like, <laughs> man, what a character. Yeah, it was intense. It was intense for sure, bro. But I had so many of those moments. Um, but so, you know, it's like, it's like that. I don't know. I don't know if you're faith based or whatever. It's just like that, that, uh, that verse, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Bro. Yeah. For <laughs> real. It, 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 it was, it was that type of like level. Like, yeah, it's, man, it's a whole other level, bro. So, that's, so yeah, cool. so that's that's how I met a lot of the people that I know in the industry as far as the hip hop world. And then, you know, like, obviously when you meet people, people introduce you to other people, you know, yep. like that just branches off. So like, yep. when I, it's just these branches that I, that I can literally connect back to him though. Like whether it was directly through him or indirectly because of things. So it's, it's all about who, you know, man, I mean, you got to deliver the goods. You got, you, you got to have your chops and everything, but yeah, that's it. Yep. Uh, let's get into some gear man for sure yeah i was checking out the website some cool got got some neumann action going on the website was working then yeah okay cool dope yeah i uh, <laughs> I, I checked it the other day and it was acting weird so I, oh, that's good to hear it's funny because you and i both have similar um uh wicks like just just the tabs and everything i have i have a similar template and i was like yeah man this feels like home this is cool <laughs> nice right yep uh yeah so so sorry yeah so i yeah i have the i have the neumann the tlm 102 that was that was the first like nice mic that i bought yeah and, I, and um since that one so the gear list is a little outdated so that was my main mic and like i bought that because that's a known hip-hop mic right and it sounds really good on on rappers um i i i bought another mic last year i bought the road ntk i don't know it's a tube mic um it's they compare it to the u87 but it's obviously like way 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 cheaper right right um but that mic sounded incredible um notably on vocalists like people like r&b singers and stuff like that some rappers too um so that was another another mic i got but that mic is since I have some issues with it, so I got to send that one back. Um, but it worked for a while. Like, I used that heavily, so I don't know what happened with it. I got to send it back. But I recently just got my um, 
my Townsend Lab Sphere L22, the modeling mic. So that one is super, super exciting. Yeah, I saw that. It's it's yeah. kind of like uh, I think Slate came out with Slate one of those a couple, one. couple years ago, and what 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 is it twenty thirty profiles something? Yep, at yeah. least uh, that it comes stock with like I think twenty yeah twenty five thirty different uh, wow mic emulations. Wow, so far I've I love it. It's it's incredible. Like the artists like it. Like it looks really cool too. So that's something that's dope. Like the diaphragm literally lights up. So like when people see that shit, they're like blown away. <laughs> I've got a, a Lewitt LCT 940, and it's it's basically their U47 clone, okay. and they have the tube with glass. Oh so yeah, was man, yeah. it's just it's just so sick looking. It's great. Yeah, sounds amazing too. I mean, it sounds as close to a U47 as I've ever heard, and and it it just it's tubey, you know. Yeah, you mash the hell out of it breaks up a little bit if you want oh god nice yeah it's what 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 model is it the nine what'd you say the lct 940 so it, and it, it has the dial i think the 840 is the just the tube version um believe it or not it, a fellow friend of mine and past podcast guest actually gave me this mic <laughs> okay literally gave it to me and i was like you sure you want to give me this he's like yeah, man, seriously, you've helped me out in a lot of different areas of the business. So I was like, okay, man, all right, because, like, once I take it, it's not coming back. And, um, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's got FET to tube, and you can oh, kind okay. of change. I always keep it on tube because I'm in rock world, so it's like every, everything to me is the, the more saturated, the better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what's up. I, uh, I've, that you're talking about the 47. I've been using the 47 emulation on like the last three or four sessions. Yeah, the, you, the, man, that, that, oh God, I just can't, I, for vocal, just can't beat it. it. It's amazing how little processing you have to do. Yeah, that's what I was Isn't that crazy? This morning. Yeah, he was like, yeah, this sounds dope. But I was like, bro, I haven't even EQ'd it. It's just straight in. <laughs> I know, I know. And the the other weird thing that I found out about that mic is that the top end is there, but it's not there. It's the strangest thing. You don't need to add any, maybe just a little bit, maybe kiss yeah. it a little bit, like 10 K a little bit of air. Yeah. But I, there's just nothing. There's the, very rarely I'm ever taking any frequencies out. You know, I, I mean, honestly, it's just you throw a, a high pass on there at about 80 or something, whatever, yeah. standard. It's just, it's just perfect. That's what's up. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, what else? I mean, talk to me. What, um, what, what are you I doing have... now for drums and for whatever? Um, I haven't done drums in a while. Um, I mean, my, my basic like drum stuff is pretty, um, when I started doing drums, I do like, like as far as like room stuff or like, uh, uh, overheads, I do like Glenn Johns type miking, right. but I, I got a stereo bar, so it's just easier to do that. Like just throw it over the kit. Um, that's what I do now. Um, but now I'm going to use this, this new mic, uh, for doing that too. Cause it records in stereo. So you can, you, like I recorded acoustic guitar with it, like you throw it, you send it to the side and then you can adjust 
on the on the um on the UAD you can adjust where it's picking up from so it's picking up from like both like the front and the back like the figure eight style thing right so you get the full like stereo effect so I'm gonna you probably actually try and use that for an overhead next time I do drums which I actually got to record some drums here pretty soon but like drum wise like I just use a lot of fifty sevens can't go wrong. Yeah, bro, they sound amazing. I actually, I, I, I like them as overheads too. They're, they're amazing, amazing mics. Like if, if you, if you're starting out and you're one of my drums, just get you a ton of fifty sevens. Like just. I mean, you could <laughs> quite honestly do anything with a fifty seven. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, I don't think you can ever have enough of them. Like people say that, and like I didn't really believe that, but like yeah, I have five of them, and I would love more. <laughs> yeah, well, I, the Van Halen, back to the Van Halen, I mean, the first Van Halen record, the second, they were using 57s on the kicks. Yeah, that's crazy, right? See? Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like those records have a lot of sub going on. True, yeah. But who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so – so yeah, so I'll do like 57s on my toms. I do have a, a, a MD-421, the Sennheiser. So I yep. use that for like my low tom. I only have one of those because those are expensive. Like they're like $400 mics. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to get some more of those, but I only have one at the moment. And then I'll do like for my kick, I usually use the Beta 52. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I have a Beta 91, which is an amazing mic. I don't know if you you know about it. It's like a, it's like a flat mic. Uh, yeah, um, you I've literally seen. just throw it in the kick, and it like it has the beta. The fifty two will get a lot of like the attack, and that I don't know that ninety one. The ninety one actually has some attack to it too. Actually, sorry, the the fifty two actually has more like the mid range and it's like some of like the lower end, and then the the ninety one will get a lot of the sub frequencies and then more of the attack. So it's kind of has like the scoop thing to it. The fifty two to me has always been more of a boomier thing. yeah exactly yeah um and for whatever reason i always kind of gravitated towards like the audix mm. six thing yeah um for whatever reason I'm, I'm not sure why uh i just remember there being a little bit more attack uh, okay away away from a 52 exactly yeah and that's what i always lacked from the 52 so when i throw the 91 in there that gets my yeah attack. yeah yeah i've i've always believe it or not i've actually just used one mic in each kick drum and i'll do parallel processing to just make shit happen got you uh as much as i'd really like to have, I'd, I'd like to try to do the old school thing with the like a pencil mic on the batter head and you oh, flip yeah. the phase and you can kind of play it. Cause they did that with Bonham and a couple other people. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It's, it, you know, there's so many ways to do it. And sometimes you just want to get. Drums are a beast to do, man. It's crazy. Like, cause mostly I'm doing vocalists. And when I get the, when I have to mic drums, I'm like, damn, like, <laughs> like this is a lot, a lot to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's fun though. Like once you get that template, man, Oh, for sure. A couple of temple, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it, I, I've always, I've really enjoyed making drum sounds. It's hefty work, but it's, it's know, rewarding. Uh, it's extremely rewarding, especially when you don't have to use any 
samples, you know, you can really make things happen and, and, and create that own sound, you know, that unique sound that yeah. is yours. Yep, exactly. How many, how many, how many mice do you use on your kit? Uh, I think I've got 16. Oh, you do 16. Okay. Yeah. I wish I could have more. I could, if I wanted to, I just, it seems to get the job done. Like I said, I do a lot of parallel things and rerouting and, uh, you know, it just kind of makes things happen the way I need to, uh, you know, sans amp kind of gets in there at some point parallel stuff and, uh, API 2,500 to, to, to get that smack on, on parallel. And then, you know, just route effects, however you want. I mean, dude, I've just been going really well. This last record wasn't totally dry by any means, but I don't know, man, like very raw sounding. There's nothing wrong with, yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that dry sound. Like I just, the older I get, the more I like organic, you know, yeah, as well, it's very much like that 70s sound of drum style, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Some of those are tight as hell. Yeah. Like, stupid tight. Yep. Like, how are you even doing this tight? <laughs> you know, like, how are you even doing this? It, yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Uh, as we kind of close out here, I've got something that I do with every guest at the end, uh, but future plans for you, man. Like what, what are you thinking as far Um, as, you know, 2021 and beyond? So this year I'm definitely pushing myself heavily as a producer. Um, so I want to get a lot more records out with artists this year. So I'm like pushing like my beat making stuff really, really hard. Um, kind of not rebranding, but doing another brand for that. Um, and, um, separating myself as like the owner and like, you know, engineer and then like as a producer, like, right. So that's, that's one thing that I'm, I'm wanting to push very, very heavily this year. Um, and you know, I guess that's, that's probably the main thing. And there's just like still growing my business. You know, that's always the thing, like working with new artists and, and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. That's the, that's the big plans for this year. Um, I, I love to get into another studio eventually at some point, like the one thing that this studio lacks is another room. If I had another room, I would have a drum kit set up all the time. Right. right. I, I can't have a drum kit set up just, and not that I can't, but like, it's not, it doesn't really work with the clientele I have right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I had another room, I'd have it set up all the time. And then, you know, I could always be ready to record drums right now. I just have them tucked away. And when I I pull them out, when I need them, stuff like that. Um, and I'd love to play more drums too. Like I, I love jumping on the kit and playing and, you know, I, I miss that. Um, so it'd be nice to like expand the studio eventually. I don't know if, I don't know if that's something I'm looking to doing this year, but like, again, I'm always open for when the opportunity strikes for sure. Right. So right. for the next opportunity and just, you know, working. You looking to stay in the LA area? For sure. Most definitely. Like this is, this is, I love Los Angeles so much. Um, it's definitely grown to be my home. Um, not that I couldn't do what I'm doing anywhere else. And I think it's becoming easier to do anything anywhere now. Like you because don't the have the pandemic. 
because the pandemic and everything's going online yeah definitely the pandemic showed people like well there's some jobs you don't need to be at work to right, do right anywhere and that's what kind of caused a little bit of that exodus out of california because like a lot of people are like well i don't need to be here anymore like i can be anywhere and do this you know like yeah, so yeah. why not live somewhere else for way cheaper because you know obviously it's, it's rough it's man it's rough i did the new york thing for a few years and yeah yeah it's crazy it's it's insane but it has gone down a little bit definitely like housing costs have gone down since the pandemic um and since people have moved out so that's a little good but you know it's still expensive (laughs) right 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 for sure um well i have a thing at the end that i do called the shootout which is basically i'll say an industry related term to the guest and you just say you fire back whatever word or phrase comes to mind for you all right i'll see all right cool uh guitar player works uh drums uh neil pert (laughs) yeah it's awesome it's too bad man i'm glad i saw him when i did i never got the chance i'm definitely sad about that yeah uh Bass. Uh, anesthesia. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Uh, vocal. Uh, uh, Lemmy. Uh, ironically. Yes. I guess because you said bass and vocals. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't yes, know. man. Lemmy. God, yes. Like, I, I have to take a moment here to just. Let yeah. all that marinate. Yeah. I did get to see him. Be, I, I saw Motorhead once before he passed, so that was that was dope. Have you been to the Rainbow? I have not been to the Rainbow. Jeez, that's, that one hurts, actually. Yeah, man. Well, at least go and just stand yeah, there in the presence of the Rainbow, even if you can't go. I don't know what it's like over there right now, but... No, you can. That's actually one of the bars that's actually, like up and going right now okay well thank god yeah it's, you know so much history but I, like i shoot myself on the foot because of that because like literally he would hang out there all the time like you could just go there and he'd be there. i mean when he was on tour yeah. obviously but like I'm yeah like, why did well, you, I yeah because you've been there for 11 years For, yeah i literally live a mile and a half from the rainbow i'm not that far from there wow i live so close i live like right like pretty close to the sunset strip Cool, cool. So much history, man. <laughs> yeah. So much history. It's 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 amazing. Um rock. Uh God, the first thing I thought of Bob is because you're talking about Bob Rock. <laughs> what is rock now? Where is rock headed? Like that's what I think right now. Like what's what's the next evolution in rock? Where does it go? I don't know. I think it'll always exist in some facet, but like, it's definitely like, it's interesting where it's coming, where it's, where it's, where where it's going to go. It's definitely a fusion. I think of the, the sampled type of thing. It's not as much of, you know, nine inch nails thing. It's a little bit, it's, it's not quite as artsy as that. It's a little bit more commercialized and polished, but there's still that, that lo-fi kind of overall distorted thing. Um, 
Yeah, and the thing is, though, it's like there's that which is kind of newer, but like, will that like raw, like rock and roll type thing come back to where it's like because people have done it right like especially like when you look at like bands like Greta Van Fleet right like yeah the Zeppelin thing like they sound great but like still it's not something new you know it sounds like Zeppelin you know like right oh is there gonna be some what's you know is there gonna be something next that's gonna like feel new and fresh but still carry that rawness to it of like rock like just straight rock and roll you know yeah interesting question yeah that's what comes to mind for me when you talk about that and rock. That's well, it's funny that you're thinking ahead. Yeah. Interesting. It's cool. Uh, hip hop. I love it, man. I, I <laughs> love that's that's I, I have all, all love for hip hop. It that's sounds the like they're 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 sucking you in. You know? They definitely sucked me in. I and and now that you did that after rock, like it's like the way that hip hop artists move is incredible. Like they're so quick. Um, they always want to be in the studio. They're always writing. Um, granted, the style of music is conductive, conducive to that type of um, you know quick paced thing. Right. Um, right. But I definitely see like I think if there if if you know a, a rock band is able to capture how hip-hop artists move and move like that that would definitely be a game changer for them i don't i don't know being innovative and groundbreaking is a different thing but as far as just being like marketing a band and like moving as a band like if you can get four people in a room that literally are down to come in and write and record every single time you're in there and 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 push your music like that like like literally just be in the studio all the time and writing like that's 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 some powerful thing and then if you have four equal people that are working just as hard as that like that can be super that could be huge right right it's an interesting perspective for sure because hip-hop artists are by themselves like so they can move quick like that and i think that's why hip-hop has also blown up the way it has is because labels don't have to deal with an entire band anymore like, yeah much rather just deal with one artist like it's way easier to do that yeah it all, it all comes down to dollars anyway yeah so you, know. you can make more money off one person you don't have to deal with four different egos or three other different egos like they don't want to do well with not only that but the back line and yeah you know, all the logistics go up. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it goes up tons. And so, like, that's that, that I think is seeing it from the outside has been like, and now on the inside is like, I think that's why hip hop has blown up so much too, is because of that. What do you, what are your, I'm actually curious to hear your thoughts on where, because uh, it's been the mainstream, I'd say, we're, for 20, we're going to like, 20 15 20 years i would say 20 years so what do you what do you what do you think is going to happen here is this edm hip-hop electronic thing going to wane a little bit are we going to have a resurgence of organic what what do you think i don't know it's so hard to it really really is hard to say um but it's going to change i think we're at a changing point right now it's weird like you know, it's been 20 years is a long time for a genre to be existing, like on that level. Right. So it has to ch- it, there's no way it can change. And technologically things are changing. So I don't know where it's going now. I, like, I'd be curious, just, you know, when all this is, I don't know if it'll ever be over this thing, yeah. 
I, I don't really see any turning back from here. It's just permanently indelibly left a mark. I would but agree. When things do open back up, um, you know, probably 2022 at this point, that's what I'm thinking. We'll see. Yeah. At like full capacity. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what that, what that's going to be. If it's going to be more of the hip hop scene or more of the organic, yeah. uh, more of the kind of band type of, uh, vibe. I, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you this, at least from inside the hip hop community, like hip hop artists love rock. They love live instruments. Like that's right. also why my studios flourish so much too. Any, every single hip hop artist is coming here and see my guitars are like, this is amazing. Like, this is so cool. You know, yeah, like, it might be a hybrid. I mean, yeah, we're, start, we're starting to see that more. So it is for, it is for, yeah. With the, like the machine gun Kelly release, like that was more of like a hybrid of that. Um, the word on the streets out here is that the next Kendrick album is going to be a rock album. So that could, that could change what, you know, if he, when he drops, like, I mean, he's supposed to have this album in the tuck for like two years now. Like if that drops and if that's what it is, like that's going to definitely change the landscape of what other artists are doing too, because yeah. he's at the top there. But, um, but yeah, as far as like, this whole summer like of tours was like everyone wanted all hip hop artists wanted most hip hop artists wanted to tour with bands. They want a live band on stage with them. Right. Right. So that hybrid is, is definitely seeping into that world. But again, like where is hip hop going? It's not going to be here forever. You know, I don't know, but I, th I think it'll be underground, like kind of where EDM is. EDM is huge, but it's still not, you know, it's not where hip hop is, but it, there's tons of EDM artists still. Oh yeah. Well, EDM, uh, if, if I had to bet money on it, I would say EDM would just continue to rise for another five or 10 years. Yeah. You know, um, there's, there's elements perhaps where guitar solos could be integrated into that world because guitar is such a rock iconic sound anyway. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Michael Jack, they Quincy Jones was doing this with beat it and that fusion. I mean, it's, it's not, it's almost like it's all been the done. Technology's, just, the technology's changed and made it the production. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, man, I don't know. It, it does make you think of trying to put out, a couple of couple of things that have wobble and you know a, a solo or something or yeah. it's almost like you have to have a conglomerate where there's a hip-hop front man and then kind of the rock thing but it's also it's like dare i say it's terrible reference but the limp biscuit thing in the 90s kind where, of, no that's a great reference you know what i mean like and, and i don't know why i'm going through this fred durst thing right now <laughs> Because he always drove me crazy, but I gotta, I gotta look Woodstock '99. There's something about that video where that guy just freaking rules the roost of that place. Yeah. That crowd and is I, I just can't not sit. I just, I have to give credit where credit's due. I, I hate to say it, but it's that energy that again, that energy that they like. You you feel that watching the video. You can you can only imagine being there. Oh like, god, man. like yeah. The energy yeah. in that video is is incredible. Like it I gotta say, so that those <laughs> records growl. 
Yeah, they have. They they were able to really make. I think they growl more than the three eleven stuff. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, they definitely do. There, there's they, they've got the tight low end, but it's it's fat. It's they, they some good engineering on on the earlier records, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great reference. It's like like if that was like seventy. 70% rock and then like the rest the 30% hip hop like kind of what new metal was right like right. had that kind of like hip hop influence to it too but like if you flip that and just have like the 70% or like 60% hip hop and then the 40% rock like what that would sound like yeah then you take Prince and there's this pop thing obviously because of what he was doing with the the sequencing and all that uh, but also blues, you know, yeah. and blues arrangements and, uh, and, and, and souling and those tones, you know, very musical. So then that, there's the blues element too, which is, and, I, and I'm in that area, you know, blues and, and rock. So it's like, well, blues has been around for a hundred years. Yeah. So I wonder if that may have something to do with, you know, I don't know. Interesting stuff, man. It's cool. I, bro, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> I've got like three or five more here. Uh, compression. Uh, API. <laughs> no, uh, but in all honesty, I was going to tell you, I've been using that the, the 2500 on a lot. I used to use um, – uh, I was using the uh, uh, there's a Kramer pie um, that I would use a lot, um, but now I I tend to be like my ears liking the API more than anything right now on vocals. Oh, that thing's nuts, man! And yeah. even I'll use it as the the key comp the keychain compressor for oh, okay. side chaining on bass. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with the kick and snare. I gotta try that. Oh, dude. Oh. And it, you just got to kiss it like, you know, one to two. Well, DB. it has, it has, it's, it's one of the rare plugins that I like how versatile it is. I usually like plugins that don't give you very many options that do good things. That but thing's that a one, nut. You can, do all, you can do so much on it. It's insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like ba bass, guitar. Uh, I actually haven't tried vocals with it. I'll try it. See, see what happens. Oh. I'm more of just like the classic 1176 LA 2A type of, and then, you know, hitting, hitting a little bit of, um, uh, the, the, the Pugue Fairchild. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll do that too. I do that. Uh, I use that on my master bus a lot, but I'll do the 1176 is always the last compressor in my vocal chain for sure. Yeah. So usually the API would be the first one, and then I have another one in there, like an Rvox or like a, 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 a R compressor in the middle somewhere, mm -hmm. um, and then you know the uh, the seventy six on the back end. Now, dare I say it? And I, I, I yeah, I am going to say it. I almost feel like the Bomb Factory eleven seventy six is the best out of all the. You know what? Okay, so you're not the only one that thinks that. Some people swear by that thing. Um, that thing is a freaking monster. I've been doing more experimenting with it. Um, I oh, I've been experimenting with all of them because I have three. Right, I have the waves. Uh, the, you have the CLA. 
I have a CLA 76. I have yeah. the bomb factory 76. And then I have the legacy version of the UAD 76. So I've usually been using the UAD at the end of my chain, but I've been doing parallel compression. I've been using the, the bomb factory 76 for my parallel compression on my vocals. And I really, really like the way that sounds up uh, dude. It's stupid. It's stupid for like a stock plug-in. How good that thing is. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah, sure. yeah. I I actually I mean I don't even use the CLA seventy six. I use the LHUA. I have an actual um, LHUA you know, oh, hardware, yes. but you know I I don't want to be printing all day long. I I'll print <laughs> like when I'm tracking. I'll print or if it's really something important like bass or vocals. But you know if you're doing like background vocal, I'm not gonna sit there and print it. 12 times so uh or you know on a stem or whatever stereo yeah yeah, stereo yeah. stem but it's they, they nailed the the la 2a cla 2a thing like they they nailed that gotcha. i feel like uh especially with the attenuation for the high frequency dude that bomb factory bad <laughs> that thing is nuts. They all sound different, though. That's the thing. The, the CLA do. versus the yeah, they all sound very, very different, which is crazy. But I love the simplicity of those ones too. That's why I like it. Like it's just yeah. the two knobs and you know the ratio, and that's it. Uh, EQ. I mean, you can go a lot of different ways <sighs> with that, but EQ Fab Filter, man. The the Fab Filter Pro Q3 is. I fell in love with that thing. I yeah, mean, I yeah. love the stock. Again, here's the thing, everyone listening, you don't need to buy shit. Like the the stock plugins, especially on Pro Tools, you can get away with it. The their stock parametric EQ is amazing. Yeah, what is it? Seven, whatever it is. I use that thing all the time. The mod yeah, seven I use, or whatever. I use it a lot. Um, and the thing that I think that like the Pro Q3 and like the visual EQs kind of they don't help you train your ear. Like that's right. It's, it's very helpful to use the, like the ones that you can't see things. Cause like, as, as, as you know, using computers and like looking at things, like we become visual where it's like, no, it's not visual. Like use your ears and like yes. what your ears telling you, like where they need to cut. And that's kind of why I like the, the, um, the, 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 the factory one on pro tools, the, the seven, um, but I've been there's some crazy features on the Pro Q3 that I really really like. Yeah, because you can isolate. Oh yeah. Each and, each uh, yeah. And the type of shelving that you can do on the high and pa- high and low pass filters is crazy. Like that's super incredible. And then you can like do like, I guess it kind of like hits certain frequencies when you do like the little compressor type thing on it. I you know like a multi band almost. I've got a multi band compressor. I find it really helpful sometimes with low end issues. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I'll I'll throw it on bass, kind of Which like. What is that? Man, it's not the Fab. It's a it's another company that puts it out, uh, and there's like six bands on there that you can oh, nice. play with, and I I just find that it really helps, kind of in that eighty to one twenty range. Like if you okay. got a really thick bass and you. You don't want to, you don't want to mess it up. Yeah, it's that. It's just that frequency's poking out a little bit too much. That that usually kind of kind of nails it for me. And it's it, it'll be the last thing on the bass master bus. 
Gotcha. Literally the last, I mean, if it just needs to be kissed a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very useful. Uh, I find myself never really using multi-band compression unless it's kind of that low end area, that low, mm-hmm. that low pocket. Yeah. I, I haven't really tried it on that. Usually I'll use multi-band compressors for kind of like always for vocal. Cause I'm just vocal based now. Like yes. I'm just focusing on vocals. Yep. Um, and I'll usually, you know, I have a de but then I'll hit it again with a multi-band compressor and kind of control the, I use the waves, the, the C4 plugin and then, you know, control like again, that same like harshness range, like hit it again, if it needs to be hit. And then like, able to like let the let the air go through too on the other end i uh, you know it's funny i've found with the u47 i don't have to ds as much if not at all Oh, okay and on top of that if i've the sm7 i've found i've had to because you've got to give it it's just yeah it's an sm7 you got to give it more love and when you give it more love in the high range you gotta you gotta DS. I'll actually, man, I'll be honest with you for years now. I, I actually manually go in and tick it. I'll, I'll do, I'll automate each. Really? Yeah. It's the only way, it's the only way I can get things to sound as natural as possible without, I actually don't even use a DSer. So it's just, it's volume automation then. It's tedious as hell. It's, it'll, I mean, (laughs) you're doing it on a four minute track. It takes about, uh, I, I don't know. I could probably do it in about an hour. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, it ranges anywhere. It depends on the person, depends on the song, depends on the genre. But what I've found is anywhere from a five to seven DB duck. And you just got to, you got to pass through and make sure you're not nicking anything. But got you. I don't know, man. It's the only way I can really get things to, I think I saw, um, the guy from uh, what's what's the Warren Hewitt? Hewitt yeah, yeah. I think he did it years ago in a video. He he wasn't doing it as drastically as I as I started doing it, but I kind of oh, took that he's idea. Talking about automating the S's and T's and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and then it, I, honestly, if I need to do a little DSing, it'll just be that stock Pro Tools DSer at 0.1 dB which mm-hmm. sounds ridiculous, but when I watch it, it's going down and I'm hearing it. Got you. And that also bothers me because I'm losing presence. So I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. It's the only way I can get things to really do what. Whatever I, works, man. That's the thing. That's the yeah. other thing. There's rules, but there's not rules. Like the, the only rule is there, there, there are, are no rules, rules you know, <laughs> uh, delay. Uh, H H delay. That's my go-to delay. That's on all my um, all my delay buses. Yeah, I really like that. It has a really like super usable. The one thing it doesn't have is it doesn't have like the ducking feature where it'll duck under like vocals and stuff like that. Um, the the stock Pro Tools delay it has that, which is really cool. Um, but yeah. it has the high and high and low pass like the filters on it, and then it has like it has the ping pong set. It's just it's super easy to use. I love it. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, reverb. Uh, Valhalla. I'm actually gonna th- probably after this. I need to get the. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do a mix, and they they're using the uh, the vintage verb on it. And I'm like, all right, I guess I gotta get it now. Uh, cool. Cool. So 
I'll have fun with that. But I've actually been liking the reverb that I've been most using recently is the uh, the Fab Filter, the Arverb. That ver that reverb is in, there's so it's it's that, that reverb is intense. Do you do you have the Slate Everything bundle? I don't. I don't have any Slate plugins. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The uh, they they've got this the reverb package and it's just one plugin and they have hundreds of profiles holy crap dang yeah bucasti and lexicon i have like again i've got some outboard reverb toys and i gotta say man like the, there's something about that outboard every single time there's just something sweeter about it i don't care what anybody says the plugins are great i use it in 80 90 percent of the workflow I, I know, got man. one. Like, there's. I, I got one. I have the Avalon 737, and it's incredible. No, oh, it's got to be. I've never, I've never gone through one before, but I've heard great things. Yeah, it's paired with paired with that Rode mic. Um, like just the character and detail that you get through it is insane. Like, yeah. you hear like just like you you hear inside the person's mouth like that subtle wow. um, like things. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of and I like ASMR. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find if you do printing with you know an analog effect, it's it's almost like you're just screwing around with it less later on. Mm. You know, it's there. It seems like there's more there. You're not playing around with trying to EQ certain things. It's just there, and you leave it there as a stem. Yeah, you yeah. Know? and that's another. It's it's another psychological thing of for sure. You know, like just stop playing with things. Um, distortion. Uh, the berserk dis waves berserk distortion. I use that all the time on eight oh eight. That's my cool. go to eight oh eight distortion. It's 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 actually it's absolutely incredible. It has so many like I just scroll through presets on that until it sounds good, and then I go from there. I mean, I do that a lot on plugins, but like that one especially, like really really cool distortions on it. Um. Saturations though, I use a saturation knob from I'll this is the best saturation knob ever, the uh uh soft tube. I know, man. I think crazy. I it I use it regularly when required. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. It can be it's, transparent, it cannot be transparent. Like it's it's really and it's again, it's those one knob things that are so fascinating to me. It's just like it's so easy to use. It's just enough. Yep. It's just on anything. It's yeah, you just know, enough. I've, I've used it on everything pretty much. Well, and speaking of Satura, again, Slate, uh, their, their tape machines, holy – oh, dude. Oh, that's stuff. one thing I want to start diving into is tape machines. So so their everything bundle you pay outright or is it subscription? I, I'm, I believe I'm grandfathered in I, – no, I know this because I'm doing my QuickBooks right now for 2020 – I'm grandfathered in at $14.99 a month. I don't know what it is now, but I jumped like when they released this thing in 2017 or 2018, dude, I don't subscribe to anything. And I was like, I have to get this because there were a couple of items that I used of his previously and I really liked. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, seeing all the analog vintage rack 
bundles that they had. I was like, this speaks, it just spoke more to me than UAD or waves or whatever. And I already had, I already had some of that. I never got like actual sets, like the silver bundle or whatever. Got you. But you know, I was like, man, this is just like analog goo. I've got it. I've got to get. And and I mean, it it is the the summing the the summing uh, plugins and the tape machines. It's just it, it's a vibe, man. It is a vibe. I is think that I'm the API right. that you're using from the slate? No, I'm using the waves. The waves, okay. Yeah, I think we have. They the have it time. right. They have the same one on the slate. Yeah, it's probably in one of their like. 500 series gotcha. profiles they're weird like they have things in 500 series okay it's still the thing but it's the the layout of the um the window you know gotcha. so you have it you got the virtual mixing rack and you can stack all within one plugin and Oh, yeah. But then the tape machines and the other, like the, and the mastering units, there, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Very, very, very analog, probably the most analog sounding plugins I've ever, I've ever used. And I, Interesting. Just, yeah, man. I mean, for 15 bucks a month or whatever, even if it's 30 bucks a month still worth now, it. yeah, so worth it. Um, and it's the the subscription is for life. Whenever there's a new update, you they don't charge. You just re download. Uh, all right. Last one, which is pizza. Pizza, New York. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I miss New York. I need to go back. When was the last time you were there? Uh, I was in New York in 2018 or 2019. Winter of 2019. I think actually I was up there. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. So did a trip to the city back then, just hanging out. Um, but yeah, I love New York a lot, and that pizza there is amazing. I yeah. prefer I prefer New York pizza style pizza over Chicago or over deep dish for sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. I've heard LA actually has some pretty good pizza out there. So, uh, yeah, there's there's some there's some decent places, but still, it's not like once you've had New York pizza, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no <laughs> there's no turning back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, cool, man. I got one more question for you that I ask everybody, which is if you could go back in time to your 15 year old self, knowing what you know now, what would you tell him? Oh man. We always, we always throw this one right at the end and it's usually the same reaction. I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a great, it's a great question for sure. Um, 15 year old self, so I don't even playing guitar. Um, I think maybe embrace technology even more than I already did. Mm. And maybe like to kind of lead myself to embrace like social media more than I already did. And like maybe yeah. think more outside of the box about that, because I definitely like, I got to the point, like I already talked about earlier, but as far as like in my head, I felt like the old, like, you know, like, 70 year old grandpa that's like you know like thinks what the kids are doing is crazy you know like or right. like you know so if i could have gone into everything without having that mentality and like really embracing like all right we this new platform 
Twitter or like, you know, Facebook or whatever, just jump on it and like, just start exploring, you know, like see what's, see what's good about that. And, you know, just dive into it and, you know, see where it takes you. That sort of thing. For sure. So, cool, man. Um, your social media, feel free to send me the links. I'll have them down in the description box below. And for those of you listening and not watching, if you're driving, I definitely whatever, will. Um, right now I will, I'll do a disclaimer. I do not have an Instagram or Facebook and not by choice though. My, my Instagram and Facebook, my personal pages got hacked and deleted. So this has been since August of last year. So I haven't had them since then. I just, you know, like I've been back and forth, like trying to figure out if I can get them back. And then I'm at the point right now where I, I'm going to redo those. So I just, okay. And have enough content to start pushing out consistently. Other than that, like I'm pushing my, you know, my person, my social media account for my, my Instagram for the studio. And then like, I'm hitting TikTok really heavy too, as you know, like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, that's the, that's the main one right now. I think for another year or so, it's going to, going to be the the primary. Maybe longer. I mean, if we think about Instagram, Instagram's been there since 2011, 2010, like we're already a decade into that and it's still super relevant. Facebook too. I mean, less on the younger generations, but like, I feel like we got some length with TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot easier building on TikTok than, (laughs) you know, Instagram for me peaked personally when I was, was back in 2017. Okay. You know, that was when it was really peaking for me. I was getting the most returns on it. Mm-hmm. And now uh, TikTok is just much easier. I mean, I love Instagram because it's a gallery and it's kind right of a, a, a get the full picture and the history of yeah. the uh, the profile. But uh, TikTok is where it's at. And I can't believe I'm saying it because this time last year I created one wasn't really into it, deleted it for a few months, <laughs> not six months. And then uh, there was an opportunity that opened up to work with TikTok and I uh, ended up doing that. They, they oh. reached out to me and did, did that for about a month. And now it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of in whether I want to be or not. They sucked me in, man, but Dang, I'm yeah. very grateful. It was for sure. It was a learning experience and it really did make me uh, appreciate that style of content creation. It's just complete. It, I'm it, right there it, with you. It's cool. It really is cool. It, it's a, it's working. I, I will continue to do it until it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> For sure. I agree. I'm right there with you. Cool, man. Uh, any last words, my friend? Um, who's 3000 miles away, basically, or tw- at least 2,500. Where are you at exactly? North Carolina. Oh, you're North Carolina. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Whoever's watching this, be good to each other. There's too much crazy stuff going out too there. Too much bullshit out there, man. Yeah. Spread love. <laughs> I don't know. That's it. You know, like be kind to each other. Like we, we're all going through so much stuff. Like yeah. it's a crazy time have some empathy towards people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. It's yeah. good. Well, look, we got a, I've got a, a trip going out to Phoenix sometime soon. We'll, uh, we'll flesh it out. Got a couple of buddies out there. Uh, but it's four or five hours. I, I, I want to get to LA. I, I haven't been there yeah, yet. It's, it's, it six, it's six, it's six hours outside LA. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, bro. If you are ever here, I would love to have you out to the studio. That would be amazing. Be cool, man. Cool little hang for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, that should do it, folks. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the Jason Miko show. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with our new friend Stuart Tuttle. Definitely check out what he's got to offer at the Alter Studios in uh, LA. And uh, check out the links below in the description box. And we will see you all later. Peace. Peace.